Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and download. Welcome to Narrative on a very big news day. There's no doubt in my mind that none of us ever expected to see a day where Ghislaine Maxwell would be arrested uh, for the crimes that she's been arrested for today. A very dramatic day. Let me take you through what happened. FBI agents arrested Maxwell at 8.30 this morning. She was living at her 156-acre property in Bradford, New Hampshire, which was bought in cash just last December through a carefully anonymized LLC. The indictment is 18 pages long and details how Maxwell enabled and participated in the sexual abuse of women as young as 14. And it alleges Maxwell lied under oath on two occasions. The indictment also describes a pattern of grooming which sometimes resulted in sex acts in which Maxwell took part. We also found out today that Ghislaine Maxwell was not struggling for money. Between 2016 and 2020, she had 15 different bank accounts valued at between hundreds of thousands of dollars to more than $20 million. Ghislaine is not likely to get bail. That's because she's deemed a flight risk. She has both a French and a British passport. But all eyes tonight are on Prince Andrew, the Queen's favorite son and the man at the crosshairs of this investigation. This is one of the most dramatic uh, events that could possibly happen in a court case as big as this and in a case as big as this. Joined tonight by Steve Hoffenberg, a witness to many of the Epstein crimes, one of the few people who can attest to what happened during that time. Hey, Steve, how are you? Hi, Zev. How are you doing on this I... remarkable Justice Day? It is a remarkable Justice Day. Uh, we also have Lincoln's Bible and we also have uh, Eric Garland with us. They, they're they going to have a little bit of a hard time talking to you directly, but they'll pass questions to, uh, to you through me. Uh, but hi, LB and Eric Garland. How are you doing? We're good. I'm good. How are you, Eric? I'm great. So <laughs> let's let's get to the, to the big, you know, Steve, you more than anybody else have been working so hard on this, on this case. Uh, you know it so intimately. Did you ever think a day like this would have come? I must compliment the FBI and the U.S. attorney, the acting U.S. attorney in New York City for the Southern District of New York for the amazing justice that occurred today and the shocking suffering that Jelaine Maxwell is now under is probably one of the worst days of her life. And it's a sad moment for her and a great moment for the FBI, the victims of the crimes and the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York. It really is a great victory. Um, when we think back to 2008, she was included in that uh, non-prosecution agreement, which would have covered, I think, the years that these crimes took place. Do you do you have a sense of why they would not look into or not take into account the prosecution or the non-prosecution agreement that Epstein concluded with Acosta and and the other uh, the other legal binds back in 2008? Jelaine Maxwell. And I've spoken with her team regularly and their position, her position to her staff and her spokesperson was that she's not going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. She expected no indictment, 
no arrest, and I can only see that the FBI is very serious about this case. The FBI has this case under control, and now you're going to see prosecutions because they have the main defendant under arrest other than Jeffrey Epstein right now. And she's not going to get bail very easily. I mean, as we saw in that little piece, uh, the, the, she's, she's too much of a flight risk. She has no reason to be in the United States. She's got multiple passports, multiple nationalities and international contacts. She's a real flight risk. So they, she's going to have to stay in jail in much the same way that Jeffrey Epstein had to stay in jail. Well, she faced filings in federal court today in New England explaining that she's not entitled to any bail in the arrest that took place this morning. The FBI, U.S. attorney, explained step by step of her flight risk that prevents her to have bail, and it will be a very difficult decision for the court to override the FBI and U.S. attorney and allow her freedom. It will be very hard. I'm just worried that her state of mind will create another suicide in this case because she is emotionally suffering more than we could imagine, much more than anybody could think about. It really must be, I mean, you can't imagine what it must be like to to suddenly face, uh, you know, going into prison behind bars and being such a high-profile uh, prisoner as well, and knowing what happened to Jeffrey Epstein and the, the fate he succumbed to, um, it's a very, uh, you know, it must be very distressing. And yet, none of us could imagine this happening because she was so close to uh, Prince Andrew. There was just, she still remains very close friends with Prince Andrew. It's believed that Prince Andrew was the reason Jeffrey Epstein got away with it in 2008. He was one of the one of the forces that intervened on behalf of Jeffrey Epstein to, to get him that lighter sentence. And so everyone has sort of assumed the same thing would happen now. But clearly, this is 2020, and there's a, a very different uh, field on the table, a very, a very different uh, team on the field, I should say, uh, thinking very differently about how to prosecute this. Keep in mind that they fired, the Attorney General uh, fired the man that was in charge of this case, right. Mr. Berman. And right. that happened recently. And now, two weeks after the firing of Mr. Berman, the head of this case, we see the most amazing part since Jeffrey Epstein's death occurred by the FBI this morning. Do you think That's the, the arrest of yeah. Jermaine Maxwell. Do you think the timing uh, had a lot to do with Jeffrey Berman's firing? Because it seems to me that it's quite, co- you know, it's either very coincidental or it's followed quite quickly after his firing. Was it a message to Donald Trump? Was it a message to um, to others that they were serious about this case and they were not going to be uh, bullied by the firing of, of Jeffrey Berman? It was a very loud message, mm-hmm. a screaming message to the defendants in this case that have not been arrested so far now have Jerome Maxwell in federal custody. Now, Donald Trump, as the president of the United States, is at a different level of what he's probably dealing with daily because his plate is full. But the FBI understands this case now, and they are very aggressive 
in the prosecution in New York City of Dwayne Maxwell, who's going to name names of very important people. Very important. Why do you think she's going to do that? Why do you think she's going to be naming names of important people? The arrest of Dwayne Maxwell, a very privileged socialite who grew up very rich and very comfortable and very accustomed to a great lifestyle puts her behind bars in a terrible incarceration in a terrible prison environment in a very sad place now if she starts cooperating quickly with the fbi and with the justice department her imprisonment could be changed where she could be in a department of imprisonment that would be survivable for Jermaine Maxwell. So you're convinced that she's going to be turning uh, turning to uh, to a state witness, that she's going to be cooperating and helping the investigation as as it continues. You don't think she has any reason not to do that? I'm 100% convinced that she will become a cooperating witness for the FBI and the United States Department of Justice. And a lot of people, Darren Invite, Leslie Wexner, Prince Andrew, a lot of people are shaking in their boots right now. Mm-hmm. Scared to death of this arrest. Right, there is a lot of people. There are many, many people. Um, Wexner's one of them. Uh, Dershowitz is another. Um, I want, Eric's having a little dance here because he gets very excited about, uh, <laughs> about these guys going down. Um, Eric also has a good question. Well, to get a good deal when you're a cooperating witness, you have to give up somebody up the chain. So who right. else up the chain of espionage could Gisele Maxwell give up? Wexner and uh, Prince Andrew are a good start, but Bibi Netanyahu, if uh, she's as connected to the Israeli intelligence services, we think. Uh, who, who, who are the big fish she's going she's gonna to give up? Bibi Netanyahu could be a name that comes up, and another name, uh, you know, I was just thinking of Hood Barak, as, as you were saying, that he's obviously part of this investigation now as well. Um, you know, there's, there's some prominent politicians from around the world that could find themselves, even MBS, if you think about it, because MBS was so close. So there's a lot of, uh, lot of big names that could be in play here. I don't think uh, Saudi Arabia or MBS is worried about this arrest. I think Alan Dershowitz would be very, very scared about this arrest. Yeah. If they choose to turn against Dershowitz, the FBI decides to go against Dershowitz, I believe Ghislaine Maxwell could do tremendous damage. She also controls other witnesses. How so? How well, she... Sarah Kell- Sarah Kellen, mm-hmm. Adriana Ross, Leslie Groff, Nardina, Macanova. You're dis- describing the part. operation team that actually was part of Ep- Epstein's human trafficking operation. There was, uh, you know, six or seven people involved in scheduling uh, the massages and in grooming and recruiting all these young girls, and then also in the in the transportation. So there's a you know the Lida Express comes to mind as well, which is under investigation in the Virgin Isles, um, and that could that could as well you know, take down Darren Indyke, who's currently the estate's trustee. There's no question that today's arrest 
will cause Darren Indyke a tremendous problem in court. Mm-hmm. A tremendous problem. Because Maxwell has the evidence against Darren Indyke, who is part of the billions of dollars that are missing, that are totally stolen. You think billions that's of gonna dollars? That's going to come about now. You think billions? Oh, yeah. This is... This is definitely above a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Darren Indyke has never told the truth about what's in the Epstein estate. In my opinion, he has falsified every comment that I've seen published goes back to him as the trustee. And there is no way that he's telling the truth. He's absolutely lying. Wow. You've been saying that for a long time. And for those of you yeah. who are looking at the screen, the, the, Darren Indyke is the guy that's sort of at the bottom next to Thomas Barak. There's a, a, there's a circle of influence, if you want, around Jeffrey Epstein that I've created about people who might be worried about what might be coming in the near future. And uh, among them, Donald Trump is, of course, one of the people who might be worried because he does face litigation or potential litigation for some of those rapes that he was accused of doing with Jeffrey Epstein. But then ultimately, those cases were withdrawn because the witnesses were intimidated. Can you talk a little bit about Donald Trump's exposure here? Well, Donald Trump, as the president of the United States, cannot be charged with a crime. So it's hard to understand that Donald Trump would be concerned this minute. Mm. If he's re-elected president of the United States, then he'll have another four years And this case is going to go on for much more than that four years. So that's if he wins. If he doesn't win, you know, he could be exposed very soon. It could be a new attorney general. uh, 24 weeks. He could be uh, charged in 24 weeks. If Donald Trump doesn't win re-election, he would have a major problem with all the allegations he's facing. Right. This This might be the least of all. That's this right, Steve. Tell, tell the truth. But okay. he's not worried about that right this minute. Yeah, right. He's got bigger. But he does have. He he definitely President Trump definitely has issues about what's going on in the Epstein cases mm-hmm. for sure. I just find it completely implausible that Berman wasn't ready to pull the trigger on this indictment seconds before he was fired. Um, Right. Uh, because the the new AG in, uh, she's in there and clearly she was involved and has you know your assistant AG they have they know what's going on in these cases but there was probably for her to be in this new position only two weeks some catching up on okay let's look at it all let's make sure we buttoned everything down now her name's on this right she's the leader mm-hmm. so to just have her pull this trigger in just two weeks after being put there tells me that this indictment was ready to go. You know, he was fighting for her to get the job because he, he was knew. fighting for her. He, yeah. Berman, you know, whatever everyone wants to say about Berman, he was installed by Trump and blah, blah, blah. Berman held tough. Mm-hmm. And then when he, when he went ahead and said, okay, I'm stepping down rather than letting these people fire me. And I'm, I, cause he knew he couldn't be fired. They mm-hmm. couldn't fire him. But this case was on the line. Clearly this case, this indictment was on the line. And I think we owe a great amount of gratitude to these prosecutors in the FBI for seeing this through. 
I mean, my God, I am so grateful to them that this woman is arrested <laughs> and and in prison and and facing facing something she won't be able steve is right she will not be able to get out of this without um proffering some some information and i think she is uh it was some reporting of the folks that were actually listening in on the call that you know it's all virtual the court hearing uh where she was remanded into custody um and there was a woman with a there's some reporting from that of, of the folks that were hearing it that, that there was a woman with a british accent that was pretty flip in the beginning saying, what is this? I don't understand what's going on. Ha ha. And throwing an F-bomb out there while the court was proceeding. And and the judge and everyone was sort of saying, get control over this client, right? And then they had an audio issue. And clearly they were getting control over her because I don't know of anyone else that was, you know. Was this? Who was, who, clear, who, who was, was the voice? Was it her? This she was, was the voice. It was, yeah, she was saying this. And then, and then, and then when it was like, you are going, we are sending you to Southern District, right? And she was like, I don't understand what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, clearly lost. And then that kind of got under controlled. Uh, and the attorney was questioned, have you explained to your client what's going on? And he was like, yes, I have. Um, so hmm. she, Steve's right. She was, she did not expect this. She didn't understand it when it was happening. She was being flip about it. I'm sure she thought, you know, where these white knights that that I both I work for and that are my friends that are supposed to swoop in here and make sure, you know, nothing happens to me. Daddy save me. She went right into daddy save me mode. Mm -hmm. um, and and now she's she's facing the reality of this. Um, you know, what's so interesting is that, amazing. you know, the queen cannot be charged for crimes in in the British in the British system. I believe members of her family can't be charged for certain crimes in the British system. And that sort of has carried over into America. People have sort of accepted that somehow royalty is excluded from from law. But it isn't the case. In fact, that's why we had a revolution. So the the reason um, Jelaine might be leaning on her both intelligence contacts in Israel and her and her royal family contacts is that she has lots of reason to believe because of precedent that she wouldn't be charged because basically she was working for them. But that did not happen this time. This is the first time I can think of in history that, uh, that this has happened, where someone actually working for an intelligence agency and a royal family uh, would have gotten to the point of being charged in an American court system. It seems remarkable to me. FBI um, deserves the applause and credit today because they did fight for charging Maxwell, who definitely was protected by Prince Andrew. There's right. no question. Right. But the FBI broke through, and today they charge Maxwell, who is going to be the most important witness in criminal cases taking place today in America for years to come. It really is a breakthrough for the rule of law. And uh, when I woke up this morning, I was feeling a little despondent about the rule of law. I was about to, I know to, you go were. <laughs> to, to, to rant and rave about that. And then minutes yeah. later, uh, this news came in and I was like, well, look at that. Isn't that amazing that uh, yeah. there's, still a, a, there's still a republic, it still stands, and we still have the rule of law. Yeah, here was a point I made on the, uh, the Stuttering John podcast earlier today about the dates of the charges. Mm -hmm. These are not the 2000s or the 2010s. The date range in these indictments, 1994 through 1997, the key years that the Russian mafia was rolling La Cosa Nostra in New York when Donald Trump was getting owned by foreign powers. 
That's the date range. Really? Why would you have an indictment so old? These were acts taken in the in the mid nineties, mm -hmm. as the whole reset with Russia is going, and they were just resetting their spies and their mafia and their state to be one weapon that we the world had never seen before. That is the date range of this indictment, and the only reason that it is possible, I imagine with near certainty, is that. The counterintelligence cases that it would abut, that would be right next to, that it's been delayed for. They've known that Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein are monsters for over 25 years. And the reason that they couldn't charge them, national security threat to the United States, that threat is mitigated to the point that they can drop the indictments. And the FBI's memory goes back to the mid 90s and probably before so i agree with steve uh these people should be shaking in their boots that they're bad acts in 87 and 95 and 2001 and 2008 and every day since that their rapes their industrial rape of our girls and our boys going back that many years to get a hold of this country and its democracy we remember and there's apparently enough national security issues dealt with that we can deal with your crimes. And I'd love to, you know, talk about Gisela Maxwell's uh, status or whatnot, but her, she's a monster sent to destroy this country and the rule of law. Mm -hmm. care what happens to her outside of her, the truth of what these people did and everybody that dealt with them and protected them and all of that, bring it out. But they were here to destroy not only, they didn't just hurt these, these human beings in this horrible way, bodily, mentally, emotionally, their souls. They didn't just create an atrocity on an industrial scale. They did it to destroy the beacon of democracy and rule of law and free will. And they will answer for it in history. It's a very impassioned uh, take there. Steve, can you tell us a little bit more about the human trafficking operation? What was it all about? What were they trying to do um, with all this human trafficking? Why did why are these teenage girls? What's what's the point behind all of that? Well, many have said that are experts in trafficking and watching Jeffrey Epstein over all the years that he did sexual trafficking that there was a reward for Epstein and Maxwell from the use of the girls given to others of power, influence, and very rich people. So they used it to gain influence, to blackmail people, and to gain connections, and to have an ability to do business substantially greater than they were exposed to earlier on. Hmm. And Epstein went overboard. He went too far. He was a monster. Really he showed his he showed he was a monster, that he had no boundaries, and he ruined the lives of so many young girls and so many others mm -hmm. that got involved with him, including he was the worst part of my life and has been the worst part of my life as a witness for nine years of Epstein's outrageous 
disgusting behavior. He's a monster. And you say that because you were set up, basically. You were set up to fall for his, for his crimes. Well, I was manipulated by Epstein and his partners, his co-conspirators, that have not been brought to justice, but now they're going to face justice. There's no question that all the co-defendants are now going to face justice. Mm-hmm. Hey, Zeb, can you ask about the leases now? Ask Steve, because he yeah. can't hear me. Um, LB has a question about the leases. Um, you know, are, are they next in the prosecution list? Or are they going to be there for the FBI next on the list? Well, Nick, there are two alive family members, Julian Lease and Nicholas Lease. Julian Lease, who is under my supervision when he worked at the same company I worked at, will cooperate. He will testify and he'll cooperate with the FBI and he'll make a deal. And now he's very exposed. His brother, Nicholas Lease, who is the money partner of Jeffrey Epstein and Darren Indyke, he won't cooperate. Mm. He will not go to the other side with the FBI and the Justice Department. He'll try not to help. But this case is at a turning point today, and the FBI now has the the leverage. They have the ability to bring this case to all the defendants right now. It's it's interesting it's an that amazing, amazing. Nicholas Lee must have a lot of the money, right? He must still have a lot of the of Epstein's funds. Must be somehow in in Nicholas Lee's orbit because he's the only person who would have had control over them. I'm going to tell that whole story of Nicholas Lee and the billions of dollars. I'm going to explain the entire story, which I've been getting you involved in a little bit, mm-hmm. Zev. And this is an amazing story of how they were able to steal billions of dollars and control so much money. It's outrageous misconduct. They're monsters. Jillian had $20 million is a lot of money um, for her to have plus properties. And, you know, what, however much she had uh, after dealing with Jeffrey, you know, sort of made their own money. It's cu- I'm curious in that we do have, I think, quite a lot of circumstantial evidence that Maxwell's money um, that's apparently that he, her father had his own victims in that pension scam. He did have his own victims, um, correct. Yeah. And I'm wondering, yeah. So I wonder how they must be feeling. Um, you know, we even had one interacting with us on Twitter of, you know, I was a victim of my pension was gone from this guy. Um, I'm just wondering if there's a way for the money to make its way um, over to those victims as well, since it looks like it was her father's money that was pushed through towers and that they uh, pushed to onto the other side and walked away with quite a bit of that. So uh, Obi's asking up their little Steve. operation. Uh, about the the money, firstly that Jelaine had, like she she was supposedly. I'm I'm, I'm riffing off a little bit of your question, but the uh, 
She was supposedly poor or broke when she came to the United States in 1991. Now she's worth $20 million. Do we, do, are you surprised by that number? We're going to find out soon enough when she makes an application for bail as to how much money she has where mm -hmm. and what she claims belongs to her. We don't know today, the day of her arrest, how much money she actually has. It's, it's... But she made a fortune with Jeffrey Epstein. Millions and millions of dollars were earned by her with Jeffrey Epstein in his crimes. Jeffrey Epstein dealt with billions of dollars. Jelaine Maxwell was next to him, right next to him, when he dealt with the billions of dollars. And I'm going to tell him that story. Mm. That story's coming out. I'll be was asking about whether, whether the victims of Robert Maxwell, the pension victims and the other victims, whether they would be able to see some of the, you know, some of the money come to them for their suffering. Well, you have the royal family not helping. Mm -hmm. If the royal family decided to help, then the victims of Robert Maxwell could be paid back some damages. There's no question. Because there's so much money involved in the Jeffrey Epstein crimes. And this fortune is now controlled by Darren Indyke, personally. Personally, personally controlled. controlled by Darren Indyke. The entire thing. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. A co-defendant who's named in lawsuit after lawsuit is controlling all this money. Well, he was Epstein's right-hand man for, for decades. Without a doubt. He's the man that was there, that acted with Epstein in all of this work, and acted with Maxwell as well. Yeah. And Maxwell's going to talk, and she's going to name him. And He's this, going to get arrested. And there's some $300 million in, in at least one of those companies. I think the Southern Trust, there's $300 million. But they have seven companies in the uh, Virgin Isles that that the Virgin Isles is suing um, uh, the Indyke about. And each of those seems to have a criminal activity involved in each of those companies. So it seems likely, at least, that uh, they should be run out of that job. But they're still in it. Well, they're going to be run out of the now, thanks to the FBI, mm -hmm. because the FBI has arrested the main target who can turn the table on Darren Indyke and others that are named in all these lawsuits. Did Alan Dershowitz has been very quiet today. Yes, he has. Just Lane Maxwell <laughs> I noticed. is an eyewitness. Right. It's really interesting that uh, he's not normally quiet. Uh -huh. He's not normally shy to, to express his opinions. Did you notice in the, in the, I think it was one of the documents to file today, maybe the detention document, um, it said that in a footnote that in two, between 2007 and 2011, more than $20 million were transferred from Jeffrey Epstein's accounts to Ghislaine Maxwell's accounts. And then some of those millions were transferred back into accounts associated with Epstein. Does that make any sense to you? I found it really confusing, but there it was at the, at the footnote of one of the, uh, one of the documents filed in court today. I can help you understand that. There was transactions, clothes, business deals in real estate in the benefit of Jelaine Maxwell, paid for by Jeffrey Epstein. She bought a very expensive yeah. home on the east side, a few blocks away from Jeffrey Epstein, 
and she sold the home and the lawyer that participated in moving that money between Epstein, Jerome Maxwell and the real estate was Darren Indyke as one of the lawyers. And that's a big part of the $20 million. Mm. So he, bought, part of he bought her her fertile house as a gift. And, uh, and then he's also involved in the sale of it uh, in between 2007 and 2011, where she made a pretty nice profit off it. Well, I'm going to explain soon how that worked because it worked in a very complicated money laundering style and method that was totally illegal. Completely That's what illegal. Sounds illegal. You know, this the it is illegal. It's yeah. unjust enrichment. Mm -hmm. It's completely looked a million dollars in cash was paid for that New Hampshire house anonymously, a million dollars. Right. And they didn't want to give up the name of the person that was, in a, that was going to be living there, who is just Lane Maxwell. Mm -hmm. But so she spent a million dollars, or Darren uh, Inbound spent a million dollars. Unbelievable, and it's, and it's, a, it's a put her in a place. A very nice property, 158 acres apparently. Um, and she bought it just in December under an anonymized LLC, uh, you know, she was complaining in court she couldn't even pay her legal fees a few weeks ago. So obviously yeah. that's, that wasn't true. That was horseshit. Spies are sometimes, they're lying. Well, Did you know that? The Jeffrey Epstein estate for her legal fees under the charge that Jeffrey Epstein agreed to reimburse her overhead completely. Mm -hmm. And she claims to have writings, but she forgot to say that she was his criminal co-conspirator in her lawsuit against the estate. You know, spies don't often tell the truth. It's one of the things they, they have to be good at to get it, good at their jobs. He was charged by the FBI for perjury today. Right, two counts of perjury. So they, yes, she lied. She lied so to no them. There's no question that she's yeah. being charged for lying. He's a liar. And that's right. a big issue. Steve, I wanted to get to LB and Eric a chance to jump in here. Uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about either of those topics? Uh, I'm still curious about the the the, the life of, of deceit, but also the perjury. Uh, how much we probably don't know about Jelaine and, uh, and Jeffrey. We could say there's all this stuff we don't know about them, but we know a tremendous amount about them. It's just no one wants to talk about it in the way that needs to be talked about. And I think that is finally happening. We do have people, you know, this incredible amount of work that you've done, that I've done um, with Steve, with Ben Menashe, with other sources, really laying out that these people were involved with arms traffickers, these, you know, uh, a continuation of Robert Maxwell's operation. It, it was entered this interesting phase, you know, this sort of private intelligence. We're, we're intelligence operatives for whoever will pay us, but also for our main directorates, right? Um, and they accomplished extraordinary things. Robert Maxwell accomplished extraordinary things mm -hmm. GB and for Israel. He just did. And possibly for uh, the United Kingdom. And we don't even know, maybe for us. Mm -hmm. It is a world of secrecy, but we can see what he was up to, what he did, how he did it. There's documentation on who he formed businesses with, who he went and met with, what kind of um, sort of global, you know, whole scale operations he was involved with, like Iran-Contra. We've got it. We know. We know what he did. We know what his purchases were. We know what his front was in terms of publishing. We know how he used publishing. We can imagine 
uh, the way that someone in his position would have continued to forward and advance his objectives and his agendas based on the resources that he had and the way he was ushered through society, literally carrying the queen's umbrella at one point while she's like yeah. touching his coat. I mean, mm. that this is, we know we got it. So he's, then they, you know, bloop, he has a, you know, accidental uh, homicide on himself um, off the side of his boat. And, uh, and his favorite daughter is all of a sudden moved in with his protege, right? Going to New York. And then they start their thing with mysterious sums of money that seem to drop out of the sky for everyone at that time swimming around them. Mm -hmm. But we know where they got it. We know where they got big parts of it. It was laundered through tower. We know that was probably Iran Contra money coming through there. That was Maxwell's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, along with Adnan Khashoggi's, uh, know what Jeffrey was. He was working with the Paul Manaforts of the world. He was working with the Khashoggi's of the world. He was pushing huge, vast sums of money that have been loitered out of intelligence services and other operations from God knows how many nations, some of it being flight capital, uh, like what he did with Marcos's money out of the Philippines and pushing it through these financial uh, instruments, these, these schemes, these scams in some cases, Ponzi schemes, whatnot, or other instruments and things that he'd sent up through interconnected offshores with the help of Bear Stearns, still being in working with them. Uh, you know, that the key thing that we don't have that it really is the final sort of shoe to drop is how much of that money from this global fucketeering that Jeffrey was involved with, that he that Maxwell and the leases taught him how to do, that Anna Kenshogi was involved with, how much of that with, through Bear Stearns and those bonds in these key years of the 80s and the early 90s was pushed through Donald Trump casinos. I would like to know that. We have all these money laundering you know, investigations more than anyone else in casino history that were around uh, our now president at the time and all of them poof disappeared. Um, I would like to know more about that. So I think that's the stuff that we can get more information on is just the money connecting Epstein to Trump. We want that. That's well, big. Though, even though we do have a sense of what he of what Maxwell did and what Epstein did, I don't think we really have a sense of the totality of it yet at all. You know, when you think about an operation that's well, lasted we can follow 80 Epstein's, years, um, you know, anything, there's so much we can't see. And it was all covert. There's so much we can't see, but we can see what we can see what they left behind. Mm -hmm. Where did Epstein put his focus? He put his focus into academia. He put his focus into... Uh, private sort of security software that was coming out of intelligence agencies. He put his focus into gaming at one point. He, it, he put his focus into tech and academia. That's where he put his focus into. Right. That's where he was going. So um, why was he so invested in, and that was mainly men. Why was he so invested in those men and setting up those institutes um, what, what was that philanthropic shit about that he was doing as well? Why? So yeah, we can get more answers on all that, but we can see where he spent his time and his energy. And there are people, there are witnesses who are talking about, well, these are the conversations I was in with him. We were looking at genetics, right? So genetics, we, you know, we can kind of get all it. these things that these guys were involved we can in. Kind of see, yeah, data. Scary. Let's, let's move it all into data. So he was there, he was there doing his thing. And then he was, um, you know, why did he have all that recording equipment? I just can't in all of his properties, in all of his vehicles. I cannot imagine coming out of the world of spies that he was having all that record and, and organized crime 
you know, that he was having all his places wired to the gills with cameras and recording equipment just because it was his own, own personal preference. I mean, oh, no. he, this no, is not Radio man. Shack, no. man, right? No. It had a big installation. Um, they were targeting specific It's a big installation they were and they a, were targeting people. Yeah. Yeah. And this, is, this is the thing that I don't think we can see. It's a leverage off. Is the leverage and the, and the geopolitical implications of that leverage. You know, how many policy decisions were made because well, maybe Jeffrey had a tape or someone else got a tape or someone was leaned on in one way or another not to vote a certain way. You know, what would the world look like today if we didn't have 30 years of Jeffrey Epstein and more with Robert Maxwell mucking around in our system? This is my point. Exactly. This, you know, they didn't spend billions of dollars this way on these operations buying real estate and then putting these scumbags in it and wiring it up and, and, and an industrial scale rape operation if they weren't trying to get a trillion out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they needed an ROI here because there was a lot of risk. They needed the United States um, harmed. They needed us not to be following the rule of law. They needed to control our policy by controlling the human beings. And that's, that's uh, Russian military science right there. Mm-hmm. And that's who these people are. It's a, it's a story that's not going to go away quickly because we have so much to find out. Is he the biggest spy scandal in history, Eric? So far. So far, yeah. The week is young. <laughs> uh, Stephen, as we, as we end the show, it's, it's, uh, a lot could come next. You know, certainly there's going to be blowback from the powers that be. The forces that originally got Jeffrey Epstein off in 2008, they're going to be back to try and get Ghislaine Maxwell off. Um, you know, it's going to get ugly before it gets resolved. What do you think is going to happen next? What I'm worried about is the safety for Jelaine Maxwell in prison. Jelaine Maxwell is the largest threat to very powerful people. And I'm very concerned about her imprisonment in protecting her and not have an incident like Jeffrey Epstein. Could you picture if she commits suicide? What will happen to this case? Mm. And that's what concerns me. Uh, There was a suicide um, out in Los Angeles recently with a producer out here who was, who, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I I, I knew this person, but I can say um, that it was odd um, and sad and it's tragic. And so it's not something to exploit for the purpose of just, you know, mm-hmm. a, a show or anything. I want to be mindful of that. But it was Steve Bing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if Hoff knew of him because he he was one of the people who came and uh, spoke to the courts about Jeffrey sort of, you, you know, giving been his mm-hmm. first prosecution um so he knew him and he he spoke to him he's he was willing to go on the record and sort of be a character witness for for jeffrey yeah. lb's asking you steve if you know about steve bing and his uh you know apparent suicide um how it connects to this particular case um and and what you think that uh, the ramifications are for someone like Ghislaine? there is linkage directly into this case with Steve Bing. And I'm going to, I can't explain that linkage now because it's 
highly confidential mm-hmm. and it doesn't like belong on the air. Mm-hmm. But there is substantial linkage between Bing and Epstein and the crimes and what's taking place. And he's in the mix. And we'll see how that comes about now. But you have the number one witness in custody by the FBI this minute. That's right. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. And, it's on. And just to note, just to note again on that, just sort of close that. Like, there is, you know, the the damaged lives by Jeffrey Epstein and Jelaine. Um, just think we're going to find out. There's just so many people's lives that so they many jam- more. damaged on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah, the ramifications are going to be massive. I and mean, the more we think about what they've done, and the more uh, you know, and and we are genuinely concerned about uh, Ghislaine's well-being. And this is not a place that someone like her would have expected to find herself in any way, shape, or form. Um, and basically, you could argue was was following orders, even though she was doing these despicable things. These were, you know, these this is a military operation in some ways. Um, and so, you know, this is the situation we find ourselves in today. But the most important thing is that there is. A fight for the rule of law. You can't look at today's events and not really believe that the Department of Justice is still a functioning, independent judicial um, department that is actually functioning on behalf of the people of the United States. And that this was took a lot of bravery. This took a lot of courage. And I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, baby. Surpri- I'm surprised Bill Barr is uh, is the guy doing it because he really he's is- not doing it. They're he- doing it. He's not doing he it. Not- he's not doing. He's- Audrey Strauss we- it and he failed. He so- yeah, Audrey. What's Bill... I love Strauss is in the house, baby. Strauss She's the is one in the doing house. it. But what's Bill Barr What is I Bill... missed Barbara Underwood so bad. I have a new justice girlfriend now <laughs> in New York. Yeah, what's, what's Bill Barr going to do next, though? What's Donald Trump going to do next? Because, uh, you know, Audrey Strauss could not be in a job for that much longer if uh, she continues with this independence. Well, Jillian is indicted. Yeah. So let's let's roll with that. Yeah. Let's roll with that for today. Uh, I'm happy to roll with it. Let's not, Let's just roll with that. And then we can go back to the doom and gloom, <laughs> despair, um, another day. There's plenty ahead. There's plenty sure. ahead. Yeah, it was a remarkable yeah. day. I think I've said it many, many times on the, on the air that I did not believe Ghislaine Maxwell would ever be uh, You arrested, have. We, arrested. We've had that argument. So it's... And- who knew? Who knew? I was wrong and happy Who to be knew? wrong. Happy to be wrong about that today. So, uh, Steve, thanks very much for joining us. Any last thoughts from you? Well, we're going to see many more arrests from mm. this case. Now with Jelaine in custody, the case has just started. Right. This is day one in the Jeffrey Epstein case. Who do you think is the next target? Is it Wexner? We're going to find out pretty quickly who the next target is. Wexner is not cooperating and not suing, which is shocking. And he's definitely in the mix. Mm-hmm. And he's got lawyers that are prominent, and he's spending a lot of money in legal fees. So we'll see what happens very soon. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download.